Hey, one, two. What's going on? It's Stokely from Sauson Dulay. I don't got much to say. Um. Oh, there's a song by Rick James named Ghetto Life. And, um, you know, a lot of things is just a mindset. Like, nobody's better than anybody. It's just what's your thoughts? You know, what do you meditate on? You know, Usain Bolt meditates on running. Michael Jordan meditates on, you know, he thinks about, he puts his attention and his focus on playing basketball. Yes, he might have some natural ability, but I think he gets it in a different way than everybody else gets it. He, 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 he's not necessarily physically more agile, superior, or conditioned, I mean, even in his prime, than any other player that was there, but he just understood in a different way I was talking to one of my cousins and he's like a chef you know and um, he's training another chef he's training a, well he's training an, a, another young, a, a younger guy to you know who is basically being a, his assistant right now and you know he uh, at one point the, the, the assistant asks him um, I mean they're both young so you know it's like takes time to learn how to teach people not everybody's a teacher but um the young guy asked him uh he was making something and the young guy asked him how how should i make it so my cousin said to him well make it how you would like it and that really puzzled um his protege um that 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 <laughs> That his apprentice, I would guess. Yeah, apprentice, right? That that confused his apprentice. Um, because, um, you know, he doesn't necessarily get it. He's not necessarily thinking about it all the time. And I was saying to my cousin, well, you have a personal investment in your um, work, right? Like, you, pers you feel personally about it. And he said, yeah. You know, because... Your, your feeling for the thing is different because you have a passion for it. Michael Jordan's love for the game is, you know, Michael Jordan's love for the game, Kobe Bryant's love for the game is not the same as everybody else. I mean, it's strange that we can take a whole, just, just somebody putting a basketball in a hole and make a whole billion dollar industry out of it. But, um, that's it created an avenue for them to earn and it created a something for them to meditate on. The dog whisperer, the guy that's the dog whisperer knows how to talk to dogs. Knows not even knows how to talk to dogs. But he can understand the emotions of dogs. He pays he pays attention to dogs. He um empathizes with the dogs. He uh invests so much time working with dogs to the point where he can, you know help you with your dogs and then you got the super nanny or whatever her name was you know which is like another one like a baby whisperer basically getting these these messy kids to clean up their rooms and do their homework and all that stuff i don't think they were 100 100 successful but they had a better rate than 
rest of us because they just get it. They just get it. They just get it in a different way. You know, what is it? You know, because um, that's what they invested their thoughts into. That's what they invested. And maybe somebody encouraged them and maybe they got their, their kudos there. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people, people want attention. That's why social media works. People want attention. That's why social media is so dangerous. But these basketball, these entertainers, they're able to pass through the, the vetting process and become the best because not only because they necessarily like to play the game. I mean, listen, liking to play the game and loving the game is, is, is one part of it. We don't see them training for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Tired, working out for hours, exercising for hours. And now I'm pretty sure now they're really um, monitoring their diet, um, sacrificing so many things. They're playing They're playing on Thanksgiving when everybody else is with their family and all these other stuff, you know what I mean? Yes, the compensation is the other, yada, blah, blah, blah. But um, they make a lot of sacrifices. And the people who didn't make it to their level made a lot of sacrifices too and didn't make it. You know, it's, it's also, it's not just a passion for the game, I think. I think it's also a passion for the attention, the love, and all of these things, you know, like these rock stars, like a rock star and a basketball player kind of fall into the same category. When, the, when the, some of the rock stars, they say performing in front of people is like SEX. It's better than that. There's a euphoria they get from all of those people, giving them their attention, their energy, you know, all of that. So, I gotta stop driving this way. There's too much traffic here. Um. So um. What was I saying? I was saying, you know. Oh yeah, I was talking about my cousin teaching. Some people just get it. There's nobody better than anyone. It's just what you think about. So if you think about low things, or you think a uh, defeatist, or you think that you know negatively then that's the way that you're gonna go you're gonna go negative you think positive you think opportunist you think optimistic that's probably where you're gonna go you know i was listening to bloomberg yesterday and a guy was like anyway he's a he's a developer he had um developed i forgot he developed some kind of well what he developed, I'm um, ethically opposed to, but whatever. It's really, he's, he's, he's basically a serial entrepreneur. And he developed a company that he sold to another company for like maybe $2 billion or $400 million, whatever. Later on, he developed, he's currently developing some new technology, well, not new technology, new products, right? And um, when you hear him talking, I mean, of course, he's given a sales pitch. Like I say, these CEOs, they have to do everything now. They have to be the front-facing salesperson, all of these things. So everything that he says about his company, optimistic. Now, at one point, the interviewer 
um, you know, ask them a snowball question, you know, just just to just to make it not seem as if um, they were totally just doing an ad. It was effectively an ad, basically, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to make it not look so bad, not look so, just to make it not look so bad, they, um, he threw a snowball question at him about, um, people say that what you're doing, the kind of work you're doing is unethical. And um, he quickly just swatted it away like, you know, like in Dragon Ball Z when they swat away a, 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 an attack. So, you know, he just quickly swatted that away, moved to something and, and tried to make it optimistic. Make an optimistic response to it. Um, so they're going to, um, you know, people are going to, If you want good things to happen, you got to think good things. He didn't even register, which is, uh, it's not, nothing is absolute. You can't just totally do that. But he didn't give too much energy to the naysayers. He didn't give any significant energy to the naysayers. He addressed it quickly. You could see that he was annoyed. He swatted it away. Then he got back to positive. You know, I always think about, you know, in our youth, we're looking forward to things. We're looking forward to going to the theme park. We're looking forward to getting out of class. We're looking forward to gym. We're looking forward to to lunchtime. We're looking forward to whatever. I mean, you know, it depends if you're, you know, if you're like constantly bullied and oppressed in school, then maybe you're not looking forward to anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I've seen, you know, I've observed children that just look totally downtrodden. When I used to work at the, um, when I used to work at a day camp, I, you know, I see some kids, they just seem, I don't know, they could have had some developmental or other issues, but it seemed as if they were just defeated and downtrodden and just whatever. Nobody was really picking on them anyway. Or I tried to make sure that nobody picked on them. Um, but anyhow, you look forward to something. You look forward to growing up. You look forward to, uh, Playing your toy, playing with your toys. You look forward to your games. You're looking forward to seeing your friends. You're looking forward to getting home and watching your evening cartoons. You're looking forward to Saturday to watch your Saturday cartoons. You're not looking forward to school on Monday, yeah. But you know, you know, you got to do it anyhow. So you're always looking forward to something. Some of these things are not helpful necessarily, but. Yeah, it keeps him going forward. I mean, let's use something terrible like drugs. You know, the drug user is looking forward to that next hit. The drug user is looking forward to that next high. When I say drug user, I'm talking about everybody because we all use drugs, whether it's food, SCX, or, you know, I don't know, whatever. Whatever drug you might use. Anger, hate, trolling on the internet arguing with people some people get a hit from all of that you know some people get a hit from arguing because at least somebody's paying attention to me you know at least somebody's giving me some energy 
you know, negative behavior. Huh. Thanks to the MTV Real Worlds and the Housewives of Atlanta and the Housewives of whatever and the real love and hip hop and the real this and the real that and the Housewives of this and the Housewives of that and whatever, blah, 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 all these shows of people fighting. Thanks to that. It's been incentivized. It's been publicly shown and incentivized to behave in an antisocial way. I stick a pin in that. I'm not really going anywhere. But anyhow, I was watching the news this morning with my son. And thankfully, they didn't show the scene. But there's a guy somewhere in New York or New Jersey or Connecticut. Had a domestic violence situation where he was strangling his girlfriend. She called the police. So domestic violence situations are the number one killer of police. Are the most dangerous situations for police. So you see, domestic situations are very, you know, people should stay away from each other. <laughs> I'm not being holistic when I say that. I'm being bitter. But the, um, the, uh, oh my goodness, <laughs> a job offer. The, um, not a job offer, but a, you know, whatever. The, um, So the police showed up, you know, just stick a pin in that. Domestic, like I said, relationships are the number one cause of suicide. Domestic violence calls are the number one killer of police. So, you know, what does that tell you? Relationship goals are a deception. Anyhow, let's go. So the police show up at the house. They're talking to the guy. They say, turn around, put your hands behind your back. He starts to turn around. And then he dives under his bed. Next you see on the police cam, he has a gun in his hand with his hands around the gun. The cops are struggling with him. He shoots one of the cops one time. The other cops say, you know what? Listen, man, gives him three. One, two, three, <laughs> you know? So this guy totally, I don't know if he's unhinged, using drugs or whatever, relationship issues, whatever. He thought that he was I don't know what he thought he was going to do The cops were not within Four feet of him Two or three cops within four feet of him He's a pretty big guy Got dreadlocks Nicely tied up and then behind his head He didn't have any pants on I don't think he had any underwear on either They asked him if he wanted to put his pants on Turned him, Told him to turn him behind his back He lunged under the bed to get the gun Shoot one of the cops in the struggle because they can't handle him because he's wilding out. Then eventually they got to put him down. They gave him three. So listen, man, we got to control ourselves. Stay away from people, man. Anyhow, that's it.